If you've been enjoying Don't Fear the Wasteland, consider buying me a coffee at joeyhall.com. Thanks for listening. Don't Fear the Wasteland, an apocalyptic broadcast. Frankie, we on? We finally got rid of most of that herd that had been hanging around. Three more bodies to the burn pile. There's one more left, though. Been stalking around the chicken coop at night, but by the time I get the rifle, it's gone. I've been tempted to sleep in the coop with the rifle, but Trip calls that overkill. Besides, there's chicken shit all over the floor no matter how many times we scrub it out. Chickens are kind of dumb. Egg and poop machines. Trip suggested using the bear trap we found at Birchville's hardware store, but I'm not sure about causing a crawler undue pain. I'm not against putting a bullet in its head, but letting it get its ankle chopped into first seems a little too cruel. If we don't handle it soon, though, I'll reconsider that trap. But for now, I think I'll just sleep on a porch swing, rifle in hand. It's warm enough out for it. Been a pretty mild winter and all. The garden beds will probably be started early this year, which is good. More growing time for the crops. We're actually thinking about using the fields or something more than hay. The kids have grown enough to help out. I even trust the eldest, Aaron, to drive Tripp's tractor. Frankie isn't doing well. I can tell they miss Sam as something fierce. Probably as fiercely as I do, but there's nothing to be done about that except chase her into the wasteland and die. It's been three years that I've been without my meds, and it's still jarring how fast my moods can change. I handle it the best I can, try not to take it out on the others, but it's getting more and more difficult without Sam here to be my anchor. Frankie stopped playing guitar in the evenings, so Tripp took it up. He's not bad, even after years without practice, but I miss Frankie's music almost as much as I miss Sam. Frankie knew Sam better than anyone. They had a secret language, beyond even ASL. With a wave and a wink, Frankie could have Sam choking on laughter, an inside joke known only to them. Now she's gone, and Frankie is different. Frankie's telling me I've gotten off track. No one will listen if I'm too mopey. Sorry, I guess. Last week, someone else came back that I never expected to see again. Chloe and Kristen were playing in the front yard with Arrow, tossing a stick and watching him refuse to bring it back when they spotted someone walking down the drive. They started hollering for an adult, and after a moment I realized that meant me. I walked out onto the porch and lifted my hand against the sun. The stranger wasn't a stranger. It was Michael. For some reason, I weren't surprised. I went to meet him, and when he saw me, he waved. How are you, Sheriff? He asked me as I closed in. I shrugged an answer. I am sorry for your loss, Sheriff, he told me, and then wrapped me in a hug. I asked how he knew about Sam, and he simply said, Nothing's a secret in the wasteland. That also didn't surprise me. How are you? I asked him. How's Rainy? Busy, the both of us, he said, and offered me his arm. We walked up to the house together. Should I keep the fact that you're an angel a secret from everybody? I asked him. He answered me with a laugh. Is that what you think I am? Mama Anita was on the porch as we climbed the stairs, and she looked hard at my friend. Mama, this is Michael. Oh, I'm passing familiar with him. You've come a long way from Nebraska, Mama replied. So have you, Michael returned with another laugh. Mama took a seat in the rocker and lit her pipe. Why are you here now? 
Michael patted my arm, letting me go. He sat down to talk to Mama, and I leaned against the porch railing, observing. I've work to do, Michael told the old woman. Like what? I asked him. Mama and Anita puffed out smoke rings, and we watched them float away. Nothing too serious, Michael replied after a while. Sheriff, have you considered going after your wife? I took a minute before answering. Every damn day, but I don't figure there's much use in it. Michael smiled at me. Maybe, maybe not. You going to use your angel magic and tell me where she is? I asked him, and he shrugged. Don't reckon there's much point in me going out there and getting killed, too. Michael let it go, and I decided it was best to walk away instead of arguing. Eva was in the kitchen with Marge, rounding up ingredients for dinner. We got a visitor, I told the gals, and continued on through the kitchen and out the back door. The sun was warm, and I sat on the porch swing, hoping to be left alone. Kristen ran around the corner of the house then, arrow hot on her trail, and she saw me. Hey, Sheriff, why's that man here? I shrugged. He came a long way from Lincoln. Did you meet him there? I asked the girl. I still considered her a kid. Considered all of Mama's children kids, even Aaron, who was nearly 20. Yup, she said as she stepped up to hang off the porch railing. She swung back and forth as she told me. He found us playing tag and took us to find Mama. I nodded, not saying anything. The wasteland seemed to have its own rules. He had to make Jeremy go to sleep, though, before he took us to Mama. I frowned and asked her why. Jeremy was sick. He got bit. And what did Michael do? I asked Kristen. He put his hands on Jeremy's head and Jeremy went to sleep. Then he carried him to some dirt and buried him. He dug Jeremy a grave? I asked. Kristen shook her head and her brown hair bounced against her cheeks. No. He laid Jeremy down and then waved his hands and the dirt just kind of ate Jeremy. Ah, I said, not really believing her, but at the same time I'd seen Michael blow, so what did I know about what he could and couldn't do? Why did he bother to bury a kid, though, left me curious. Then we met Mama and came here, and that's my story, Kristen finished dramatically. She hopped off the porch and Arrow came running up with a stick. Distracted, she raced off and the dog gave chase. Ginger came out onto the porch then and asked about her newest visitor. Just some guy, I told her. Dangerous to be alone out there, Ginger said. How do you think he manages it? It's a miracle however he does it, I replied. Ginger half smiled at that. There were chores to be done, so up I got and off I went, tired of talking about the mysterious, child-bearing, wandering man. At dinner later, Michael said grace, and I think Ginger immediately developed a crush on him. We gathered around the table and passed out plates. Dinner was homegrown, and Margie killed a chicken special for our visitor, which Michael thanked her for, saying it was unnecessary. He was kind to everybody. He talked to, and by the end of the meal, everyone was asking if he planned to stay. As long as Sheriff needs me to, was his answer, and the kids turned to me, begging me to ask him to stay forever. They were biased, though, having seen his magic firsthand. The others had heard my broadcast and knew of him, though until he showed up on the farm, they assumed the blow to my head had given me hallucinations. After dinner, I let the others pile outside to listen to trip play, a ritual now. Frankie disappeared into the office, and Michael stayed to help me wash dishes. Ginger hung between the door and the porch, waiting on Michael, shy and unsure how to flirt. Eventually, she gave up and went outside, and I hid a grin. 
So, Sheriff, Michael said to me, what would it take for you to go after Santa? The stars falling from the sky, I answered. Is that all? He asked me. And a sign that she's alive, I told him. No need to chase a dead body. Would you believe me if I told you she was? I shrugged. Will you tell me she is? Michael shook his head. Some things you have to take on faith. Where is she, Michael? I asked him. Sam made it to the theater, even got the man at the radio station out, he whispered, keeping his voice from those on the porch. I set a dish down too hard and flinched, waiting for it to break. It didn't. There's a lot you don't know about her, Sheriff, Michael continued. I've accepted that. The past hurts, and she never wanted to talk about it. It was enough knowing her in the present. Didn't need her past, too, I said, wiping a wet hand at my cheek. Michael left me then to walk out onto the porch. Ginger had saved him a seat next to her, and he obliged. His voice joined the others, and it was pure and deep. I finished the dishes, tears mixing with the soapy water. We're fifty miles west of Montgomery on a little farm called the Last Hurrah. Sometimes angels visit, sometimes trouble. If you can work and follow the rules, you're welcome. I'm the sheriff, and I'm waiting on you. Just remember, no funny business. Don't Fear the Wasteland is a story-driven podcast by Joey Hall, chronicling Sheriff's journey in the apocalypse and broadcast as a radio show from the last hurrah in Alabama. It's an oasis for survivors in the blasted remains of the old world, or Earth as we know it now. To learn more about the wasteland where Sheriff spends her days, check out don'tfearthewasteland.com and joeyhall.com. Thanks for listening.